Hello, I'm Pauline Larson, and this is Petey. Petey, can you say hello to everybody? What, the cat got your tongue? Well, you are a cat. That won't work. Hi. <laughs> okay. Today we're going to talk about um, God's protection for you. You know, there's a lot of things to be scared of right now. People are talking about the coronavirus and just different things, terrorism and, and uh, just all kinds of things. And the thing is, God will protect us and take care of us. And that's one of the wonderful things about God. We, each one of us has got an angel, a big angel. I understand they're about eight feet tall. And God wants to keep us safe, and, and we, uh, we'll trust in him. Of course, that means you can't do stupid things. Yeah, like the mouse. Well, what happened to the mouse? Well, I invited him for dinner. Yeah, I think you did that once before. Well, this is a different one. Oh, okay. And what did the mouse do? Well, he ended up being dinner. <laughs> well, I can see that, I guess. I mean, cats do eat mice. But you didn't offer, you didn't tell, did you say anything about God protecting him? No, <laughs> didn't want God to protect him. You wanted to eat him, right? Yeah, he said he didn't believe in God. Well, how did that work for him? <laughs> Not real good. So, um, did you, um, did you feel bad about eating that mouse? No. I said grace. <laughs> well, and cats do eat mice. I do realize that. But today, we're going to talk about how God will protect us. And I know God protects our animals, too. I'm sure he's protected you. Yeah. All right. Let's, you ready for the memory verse? Let's go ahead and put it on here. And let's see. Can you read it? Yeah. Lord, guard me from the power of stupid people. Stupid people. It says wicked people. Although I have to admit, wicked people are usually pretty stupid. <laughs> they think they're really smart, and they're not. So you want to say that again and say where it's found? Okay. All right. Lord, guard me from the power of wicked people. Psalm 144. That's right. Okay, it's about time for you to, to go, and we're going to go on with our show. And like I said, we're going to talk about God's protection today. Some of you may have people who pick on you. Some of you might have relatives that do things they shouldn't. But you know what? God protects you. God will give you a way of escape. He'll show you what to do. And today we're going to study the, the Bible and find out some ways God's helped people before and also some tips about things for us. Okay, you ready to say goodbye? Bye. All right, let's go ahead and let's see here. All right, let's go ahead and go to PowerPoint. Don't be afraid. The battle belongs to the Lord. You know, fear's kind of like faith. And there's a pastor I greatly respect that used to say, when fear goes up, faith goes down. Kind of like a teeter-totter. When faith goes up, fear goes down. The truth matters when you trust in the Lord, he will take you safe. And the battle really does belong to the Lord. And sometimes we get attacked for being Christians. I know I have. And I know all over the world, persecution which is a fancy word, <laughs> but really it means people coming against Christians. They say 80% of the persecution in the world is against Christians. So you probably will have some things come at you. Now, if you don't do things that are stupid, you know, we joked about the little mouse with uh, Petey, but I'll say he didn't believe in God. And you can go sometimes and create the problem by being acting kind of stupid. 
and doing things you shouldn't do. But if you're doing things right and people are deliberately picking on you, believe me, the battle belongs to the Lord. God loves you. He's your father. And, you know, as a parent, I've been a parent. Uh, I didn't want anybody to mess with my kids. It's okay if I could joke about it or say something, but don't you mess with my kids. And that's how God is with his kids, and we're his kids. So today we're going to go over once again the four things that we need to learn about God. See the nice heart there? You know, we just had Valentine's Day a couple of weeks ago, and God loves me. And it's he really loves us. He loves us so much. He loves us with a love that's far greater than anything we can love. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, Nothing, nobody can love whatever or whoever as much as I love this. And yeah, God loves us in a way that goes way beyond. I mean, he loved us enough to die for us. That's pretty amazing. Secondly, I have sinned. And what's even more amazing, we'd sinned and we were considered sinners. Um, and he still died for us. You know, it's easy to die for a good person or something. But when somebody's bad, you know, not done right, you feel like, the heck with you. Well, you could. You shouldn't. But anyway, isn't that wonderful that God, not only did he, not only did he just love us and he knows we've been sinners, we're forgiven when he forgives us and then we don't have to think about sin anymore because it's his righteousness that he gave us. And, you know, it talks about Abraham in the Bible and it's in four and the Passion Bible talks about how Abraham believed God and because of that, God deposited righteousness in Jesus' account. And basically that's what happened with us is that um, when we believe God, and it's all because when Jesus died for you and me on that cross, which we're going to celebrate, Easter's coming up, a Resurrection Sunday, um, <clears throat> he paid the price and he created a, a new covenant. And that was one based on what he did, not on what we did, so that if we screw up and blow it, it doesn't make the covenant null and void. And over in Africa, they have blood covenants. And I mean, you form a blood covenant and you are, um, you're linked by blood. And that means that people will fight to the death for the person they're in covenant with. And you're expected to do the same for them. And it's a very serious thing. And so when he died on that cross, he did that for us. And the last thing, of course, is now that he's done that for us, we need to decide to live for him. And that's a very, very big deal. Because many times we don't want to do, you know, especially kids, they want to do what they want to do. And they don't necessarily want to, if they have to do things. You know, I can remember my kids doing chores around the place. Man, you'd think they were dying almost sometimes because they had to do this. But they liked the reward afterwards. But the truth of the matter is we all do things and have things to do. Sometimes we don't want to do. But, you know, God asks us to do things that are good. I mean, he asks us to do things, you know, we're to pray and we're to read our Bibles and go to church and we're to love people. <laughs> Sometimes that's not easy. We love God. And we, you know, we're to, we're to do good things for people and, and we're not to talk bad about them. There's a lot of things we're not supposed to do. But basically it all comes down to one word and that's love. And it's, you can ask yourself if you're about to do something, would you want that done to you? <laughs> and that's kind of the whole thing with God's law is about love and it's about not hurting people and doing things that are good. 
if God so loved us, and he gave his only son, begotten son, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And there's a real heaven and a real hell. And he went down there and paid the price for us. How great a love is that. But he did all that. It's your choice whether you live for him or you reject it. It's up to you. Nobody's going to force you. There are people in hell. And does that please God? No. He doesn't want them there. But they have a choice. You have to choose to accept Jesus. And at the end of our show, we'll show you how to do that. In the meantime, let's get back to talking about God's protection. In Exodus, we see the story in Exodus about um, when they had the and it's the 14th chapter after they took the Passover lamb and, and celebrated. And Pharaoh's going to let them go, the Israelites go, because they were in such bondage. And finally, Moses, there were so many plagues. And, and finally, Pharaoh agreed to let the Israelites go. And, and they went out. They went out through the wilderness. There were probably about six million of them. And they did not need. They had a, a cloud to keep them cool because they're in the wilderness by day, and a fire at night to keep them warm. And what's amazing about that is the deserts get very, very hot during the day, and they get very, very cold at night. So God take, provided that. And so here they are. Um, they they're on their way and and they're even carrying the body of joseph their ancestor and who died and the bones and they were they went on and then let's see here they got they were doing really great until they got to the red sea and then it looked like well how are we going to cross this so here they were thinking about how wonderful it was that moses helped them get free and then here they are with the mountains around and, and the sea. And now they're thinking, Moses, what were you thinking of? And they didn't think it was so good. And then they thought, oh, God brought us out here to die in the desert. No, he didn't. And so next thing we see Pharaoh, who isn't stupid, who knows his land and thinks, you know, they took off that direction, but um, how are they going to get around the Dead Sea? And so they thought, well... It's not too late. We can go after him. And because he was always, Pharaoh was always changing his mind. He agreed to let him go and then he changed his mind. And that's why another plague would come. And then finally he, he didn't like that. So he agreed to let him go and then he changed his mind. But anyway, so they thought, yeah, they're wandering around like lost sheep and they're in this trap and we can go after them. We can get them. And, and they're saying, man, we'll have them slaves and we'll make them do more bricks than ever. Well, here they are, <laughs> and the people feel like, wouldn't it would have been better if we stayed in Egypt? Here we are, we're all going to die, what are we going to do? And they were pretty upset with Moses. And, you know, people can go from rejoicing, thinking you're wonderful, to suddenly being mad at you, just in a heartbeat, it seems, and this happened. Well, Pharaoh saw the army up there, they went after him, and they said, and the other guy over there was looking at him and saying like, well, we'll see who's mightier, Pharaoh or God. Well, you know darn good and well, if it's like that, the battle is the Lord's. That's our PowerPoint. And <laughs> yeah, God will always prevail. I remember when the city of Galveston came against me and, and they basically said, by whose authority are you here? Meaning me and Galveston, with, we were reaching a bunch of kids and, and it was really, um, and I said God's and, and they said to me, well, We'll see about that. Well, we're still there. And 
the people who said all that stuff, they're long gone. Anyway, so here they thought they were trapped. But remember, they had a cloud that kept them hidden from, the, from Pharaoh and his group. And so they, uh, and all for the fire by night, but so they, they, Pharaoh couldn't see him to come after him. God was protecting them. And then the next day, here is, here is Moses holding out a staff, and, which God told him to do, and a, a strong east wind blew back the water, rolled it back, and, and they were able to walk across on dry ground. Don't you think that's a sight? Can't you imagine? It's like, talk about watching the biggest aquarium, all the fish swimming around. And of course, um, they walked over and they were safe. They took all their animals across. And of course, Pharaoh saw that and thought, oh, those stupid Egyptians, we're going to come right after them. You know, didn't it occur to him that if God was helping them escape like that, and the water was really high at that point, way above their heads, that Maybe they're walking into a trap. Well, anyway, they got in and their wheels got stuck. In fact, I'm told they still, at the bottom of the Red Sea, they still find chariot wheels. There's still remains of them. And sure enough, he waited until they all got in and then the water came back in and they were all drowned. And of course, here they are. They're looking on the other side going, wow, Moses was able to save us from the Egyptians. Lord is my strength and my song. He is my salvation. And they sang a song and, and you know, worship God because they all had made it safely. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? All right. Speaking of safety, we're going to talk about some things here. See, this is a welder. And notice he's wearing a helmet for protection. God protects us, but just like the welding helmet, um, it protects you because if you looked at the, the ark and the things they were welding, if for one thing, the temperature is so high, you get burned by pieces and everything if you didn't have protection and clothing on, protective clothing. And uh, also, the, apparently, the light is brighter even than the sun. It will affect your eyes. So when you go to do welding, you know to use protection. Well, what's an idea of protection with God? Well, number one, prayer talking to him, finding out what you're supposed to do and what you're not. You know, sometimes you're not supposed to go do something. You lose that peace inside. Or, uh, and reading his word will show you what to do. And, you know, if you have anything against anybody and you're mad at somebody and you, you kind of tie God's hands, so you need to forgive and let go. And reading God's word and building, because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So the more you read the Bible and, and really get it in you, kids, be sure to get it in you then your faith will be at a level where um, you'll believe God and you'll know you're safe. Because remember, when fear rises, your faith goes down. And fear is almost like faith in reverse. It attracts the thing that you're afraid of. Like all these people running around afraid of the coronavirus. You know, oh, they're more apt to catch it than people who say, I believe I'm healed by Jesus' stripes I was healed. And I believe that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, meaning that Jesus bought us back from it. And no sickness is coming on me. It's a question of believing what God has already done for you. All right. Now we come to the Bible. And we see pills and a, and a medicine bottle. Well, God uses medicine. He's, uh, he's not against us going to the doctor. He uses doctors. Healing comes from God. 
I think personally the best way is to believe God and not have to go through some of the things that the doctors and the pills do. They, they can make you sick and, and be tough. They might make you well in the long run, but it's really neat when you can believe God and just have that sickness just go. But either way, there's no condemnation in using medicine, going to the doctor. In fact, I think sometimes when you have a problem, you need to go to the doctor and find out what's wrong with you so then you can pray properly. And do, you know, don't not take medicine. Like if you're a diabetic, don't say, well, I'm believing God. I'm not going to take any more insulin. Wait until your insulin gets to the point where the doctor says, you're taking too much insulin and you cut it back and pretty soon you're not taking it anymore. But I believe in healing. I believe healing is from God. And it's really wonderful. This is one way. But his word protects us even from getting sick in the first place. And, of course, there's other things, too, in God's word. He tells us things that we're supposed to do that will help us. If you're staying mad and in strife all the time, you open yourself up to the attack of the enemy. Where there's strife and confusion, there's every evil work. That's what James 3.16 says. Okay. You see this fire extinguisher? That's a... most homes have them, buildings have them. You hope you never have to use it, but you have it. Like insurance, you have it for protection. Well, isn't it nice to know that we have the blessed assurance, not that you shouldn't have insurance or fire extinguisher, but I'm saying those are natural things, but God protects us. We have big angels with us, and we have the word of God that we can pray to change things. If you don't like where you're at and how you're living, um, change your confession. What does that mean? Change what you say out of your mouth. The words you're speaking. If you say, well, I always get sick. Every, like I used to have a friend. She's kind to be with Jesus now. She used to say, well, every spring I always get sick and get the flu. Well, guess what? She did. Well, she kept saying it. And it happened to her. And you can kind of laugh at that, but she believed it. It was according to her faith. She believed she was going to get the flu, and she always did. And so uh, if people say, well, I don't believe in any miracles, well, guess what? You're not going to get one because you don't believe in them. But if you, it's according to your faith, and your faith comes from hearing the word. And that, that fire extinguisher, you know, and the insurance, all that, it's, it's a way of being protected and can vent that something goes wrong or something happens. And, of course, we have God, and we have his angels, and we have the word of God, and we have prayer. Sometimes the, the best prayer and the shortest prayer is just plain help. I've had to do that in the past. Um, it's better to pray, um, I guess, pray in the Spirit's good and pray in tongues and pray the Word of God. Um, but sometimes when you're in a desperate situation, that's the prayer of help is very effective. All right. We're going to go on today with our story. And our story is the beginning of it. It doesn't finish today. It's the adventures of Kangaroo Jones. Yes, you can tell this takes place in Australia. All right. Here they are. Here's Kangaroo Jones, and they are in Kangarooville. I guess it's named that way because of all the kangaroos. And they had a bunch of stones there that were really, really special to the people. Some of them even thought they were magical. Of course, they probably weren't. But they were very pretty, and they were special. And they were proud of their stones, and they were proud of Kangarooville. and. It was a nice, sweet little town. So, what does that have to do with Kangaroo Jones? Well, Kangaroo Jones was, uh, he was quite a guy. But there were hyenas, and there were hyenas that decided that they wanted to steal those stones, and they wanted to come in and kill the kangaroos. 
And so at first, he'd try to fight them off. But then, he didn't realize it. But there were so many hyenas. And they were going after the, the kangaroos and the weak ones and the ones that were um, not able to run. And he was trying to defend and, and defend the city or of Kangarooville. And uh, he was overwhelmed. Yeah, he was real good at fighting, but when you have a lot coming against you. So the mayor of Kangarooville got the kangaroos together and says, look, they're doing terrible things, these hyenas, and we need to pray. We need to get to the church and pray. And you know, that's good advice when you have a problem like that. I say, well, I don't have time to pray. If, if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. And that's because God's the one that will help you. Don't get mad at God. He's the only one who will help. So here they are. They're right here. And they're praying. And they're seeking God. And of course the hyenas are kind of looking in and kind of laughing. Thinking, oh, silly. What do they think that's going to do? And they prayed and they sought God. Well, meanwhile, there were some young kangaroos that were really stupid. They thought that they would throw eggs at the hyenas. You know, what do you think that did? Well, I'll tell you what it did. It just made them mad. That's not a smart idea. It's kind of like with Petey with the mouse and the mouse saying, well, he didn't expect God to protect him or if he stuck his tongue out him or something. Cat's much bigger than a mouse. And guess what? <laughs> the hyenas were a lot more powerful than the kangaroos. So it did not work out well for them. They ended up being victims. They were caught. And so uh, <clears throat> the kangaroos were still coming after Kangaroo Jones, and he was, they had run off with the stones, and he was getting exhausted. You know, he was doing his best, but he was so outnumbered. Well, meanwhile, those that had been praying and seeking the Lord, the kangaroos, well, they realized they needed to go help him. So they went out to help fight. <laughs> they went out to help tend his wounds, and they went out to fight. Now, we're going to continue next week. We're not going to finish the story today, but I will tell you this. The kangaroos were victorious, but we'll hear more about it in more details next week. So isn't that amazing? You know, when you pray, there's power in prayer. And there's power, too, when you know the Lord and, and you're with people, what we call like precious faith, which means we, th we think a lot. Spiritually, the, we the same things. We believe the Bible. We believe these truths. And we're what the, of like precious faith. And it really matters when we get together and pray and work together. Then we're hard to be defeated. There again, that same pastor I mentioned earlier used to say, a banana away from the bunch gets peeled. And the thing is, when you have your church body, and when you go to church, and you have Christians believe, sometimes we need extra prayer. Sometimes we need extra support. Sometimes we just need people to encourage us. And that's what we're together for. And God has his angels for us, but he uses people. 
And many times he'll use, just like we saw in that one of Kangaroo Jones where the, the medical person was working on him because he'd been hurt. And, that, you know, this is the thing. We need each other. And so um, I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, we're going to go through some things now to, to um, ask him to come into our lives. But make sure you can get into a good church and read the Bible and pray once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to put up some things, that, and this is going to be in Spanish. And then um, the words are going to be different from the words I speak a little bit. But you, if you have people who are sitting with you who speak Spanish and don't speak English, they can get saved and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And the thing is, you know, um, we talk about the word saved, but Jesus literally came to save us because when we leave this earth, you're going to either heaven or hell, depending on if you know Jesus. And you know, see the bumper stickers on cars that have all the different religious icons and it's like all the same God. No, it's not. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And he's the only way to escape a very real hell. And he came and died on that cross so that we could have eternal life. So, first of all, I want to say that um, the wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life. And Jesus provided for us eternal life but it's our choice we have to accept it and in romans 10 9 and 10 it says if we'll believe in our heart and say with our mouth that god raised jesus from the dead we can be saved but we need to we need to say it and we need to speak it and and uh in romans 10 13 it says whosoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved but the, when it said calls on it that means you have to speak it the silent prayers of i just thought it you need to speak it so right now if you would like to accept jesus as your lord and uh, savior and be part of the family of god then repeat this after me dear heavenly father i thank you for sending jesus to die for me jesus i do believe I believe in my heart and I'm saying with my mouth that God raised you from the dead. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. And, you know, the neat thing about this is I can tell you as a minister of the gospel, your sins are forgiven. And you say, well, I still remember them. You might, but God, you ask God about them. He doesn't because once he forgives, it's gone. Now people may remember, but in the eyes of God, you are without sin. Isn't that wonderful? Like I said, we'd love to hear from you too. Um, we've got the address on the screen and, and you can write us and we can send you a gift. But like I said, God will protect you and he loves you and we love you and keep reading and the Bible and praying and we'll see you next time. God bless.